circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Hello and welcome to the Master and Events podcast. I'm Todd Brown and I'm joined by the fabulous Louis Gilbert. I'm fabulous, am I? I just, I just thought I'd change it up on how many weeks of this podcast we've done. Four weeks? I thought I'd change it up. Five. Five. Four, four, sorry. No, Not five. What am I saying? Really? Don't insult me, all right? I gave you opportunities. Um, so it's week four um, and we're on the final film of the prequels and I'm a very happy boy um, because it's Revenge of the Sith, which is an alright film, but also the prequels are over which I'm even more happy about. And people really think, you know, Tyler Brown, you're slagging on the prequels again. But I just got to do my job. And if a film I'm reviewing is not the greatest, then I'm going to hate on it. But this one is pretty okay. I mean, isn't it your favourite? Yeah, it's my favourite. Of all time. No, like, it's just my favourite Star Wars. Yes, which is a bit... <clears throat> which is a bit interesting. I mean, lots of people, actually. I've seen a lot of love for this film. I mean, I do enjoy it. It's in, I believe, my top three. Um, but best of all time, or best Star Wars film of all time, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see as we review it, what the merits are, and um, what are the shites. Uh, what do you like about this film? Let's start about what we like. So what do you like about the film? Um... I think Hayden Christensen's acting was actually quite a lot better in this oh, film. God. If I'm being oh. honest. Thank that Louis not hating on Hayden. Um, no. Uh, uh, also, I think you got your wish with the whole. Oh, I don't like. <clears throat> I don't like that it doesn't open with an action sequence thing, because like it well, did, does yeah. in this Get one. like a twenty-three minute I, and, action scene. Yeah. I also noticed that because it opened with the action sequence, it felt, you know, it felt, it felt more fluid and it felt more Star Wars. Definitely. I think yeah. It felt more fun. I, I think that, I, I said this in a review I did on my Instagram, which you can follow at, at the real title Brown. Nice little plug. Um, and I said, it's probably some of the best Star Wars action we've ever seen. I think this 23 minutes or however long it is of just fun. And I think that's what the prequels lacked. I mean, even the sequels had a, had a good bit of fun, especially The Force Awakens. Um, but the prequels felt a bit um, lifeless at points, and I think it injected some of that, that fun. But George Lucas has always said, you know, the prequels are always to build up to this final one. So you have always have to put a lot, of, um, a lot of energy and a lot of hope into this one compared to maybe the first and second. And I think it shows off when it comes to the action. <clears throat> what else do you like, though? Besides the action, because we're not just action buffs. You know, we love a good story. No. And is the story good? Yeah, I love a good. I love a good story. <laughs> um, what do you I really loved. <laughs> I really <laughs> loved um, Ian McDermott's acting as Palpatine, <clears throat> as uh, no, as um, Darth Sidious in this. I thought he put a lot into it. I loved the like really deep voice he did because he didn't do that voice in the original trilogy i really loved that i thought yeah, that so was quite funny numbers. yeah i think he's very over the top isn't he he's very like bombastic yeah. um and i think it's enjoyable and also think... also one one thing i really uh well uh my favorite scene is when um uh, is when Yoda, when they meet each other in the like little Senate room, and then Yoda 
says, and then Yoda pushes him back with the Force, and then he flies like that. I I burst out laughing. That was so funny the way he fell. But of course, the Revenge of the Sith is not comedy. So should you be laughing? No. Is, you know, is the filmmakers' um, dream realized in how it they wanted to, or is it a slapstick comedy? Revenge of the Sith. The slapstick comedy starring Adam Sandler and Aiden Christensen. <laughs> As we come to that, well, are we seeing a great story, Louis Gilbert? I think the story's alright. I think it's. I quite like. Yeah, I think the story's quite nice for a, for a Star Wars story. Quite nice. That's a good. It's good. It's, it's good nice. for a Star Wars story. It's quite different from the usual like Star Wars. Um, Star Wars mix, you know, because usually in all these Star Wars films, it's like the the usual mixture that they use uh, generally is like, you know, the good guys um, mm. are doing good at the beginning, then they have the bad guys in the middle, you know, they have a little fight, but all together the, the bad guys uh, don't, don't win, except, of course, in... Um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, but um, it's not. It's nothing like. It's nothing like Empire Strikes Back because, like, at least the good guys in Empire Strikes Back are like still alive. Yes, because it feels. Well, I'm not saying that the good guys aren't alive. Well, most of the Jedi aren't alive, but like, it feels like such a defeat how Anakin has turned to the dark side and he was prophesized to be like the one to bring balance to the force. And that is like such a blow to um, the Jedi and the Republic. And that just feels like it doesn't feel like a normal Star Wars film in well, my opinion. Yeah, I think... It takes on a different role. Yeah. I mean, many people compare, you know, Empire Strikes Back, but once again, I agree with you where, it's different, whereas, um, of course, there's a lot of dark elements to The Empire Strikes Back. It's a very dark film. Um, you know, except for those Yoda scenes, and then that cave, that's a very dark moment. But there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot more darkness in this film, and also, I think there's definitely more of a grey area between the good and the bad. In Empire Strikes Back, you knew who the good guys were, you knew who the bad guys were. But as many YouTube videos of film you can take in this film and in the prequels overall, uh, really tell who's the good and the bad. And I think that is a very smart decision because in real life, not everything is so, so uh, one-sided, nothing is so decided on one thing. There's a lot of people that they may be good people, but they do bad things. And I think the Jedi are seen in this film, while they're doing overall good things, they are mistaken for their uh, decisions. You know, not letting, um, and they can become a Jedi Master. That was a big moment where it kind of changed the film. Maybe if they allowed him to become a Jedi Master, maybe you know we wouldn't have seen that turn. But also, as you're saying, the um, the kind of the change and the bad, uh, the good guys lose completely. I think they do lose completely because, I mean, you know, Yoda and Obi Wan have to hide, you know, for almost thirty years. Anakin is basically dead, and now it's Darth Vader. Um, the other Jedi have gone, 
and let's not forget, we didn't know about Clone Wars at the time, so we didn't know. They hide. So uh, they hide for about sixteen years. Sixteen. Oh yeah. Well, listen, I'm not. I'm not a Star Wars genius. I'm a Star Wars. From the fan. moment, from the, from the moment Yoda says, um, "I go into exile, I shall fail, I have." That's like from that very moment. It's like sixteen years, Maybe. or no, it's like. Because uh, the next because Empire Strikes Back came over uh, came out two years after New Hope. I'm just going to assume that that um, that the storyline is two years in between that time. So yeah. that would be about like eighteen eighteen years. Yeah, so you were wrong. It wasn't sixteen, but I guess it wasn't thirty years. Listen, I'm smart enough, but I'm not the genius. I said this in episode one of the podcast. Louis, I was closer than you, wasn't I? Well, yeah. I mean, we've always said this. I think you're the smartest Star Wars fan, but I can give you a lot of facts about, you know, Chewbacca's hairy costume. You know, it was made in Brazil. No, it wasn't. That's just absolute bullshit. But, you know, I, I do my bit. No. I don't think so. Could have been. You know, those sweatshops. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> back to the plot. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think the, the bad guys win completely. I don't think there's little victories throughout the film in certain battles, but overall the Sith won the war. And I guess that war does continue on, you know, in A New Hope and High Strikes Back Return of the Jedi. But I think it's a completely different war at that point because there's, there's new elements to that war. And also that new kind of war between the Empire and the Rebels is completely different from the Jedi and the Sith, I think, because the rebels, there's a lot more ordinary characters than there are force wielding Jedi badasses. And the, this kind of war between the Jedi and the Sith at their full powers, and that was the point of the prequels also to show off the Jedi and the Sith at their full powers, um, is over. And the Sith War, it just shows that maybe even the Jedi at their full strength with the number of advantage and having some of the best Jedi to ever live, they still couldn't beat the Sith when it came to um, the war. And I think that that was down to probably corruption and all of that. And I think that grey area that Lucas kind of portrays in the film works. It works for the universe. It works for this film. And that's what I like about this film. It's, it's very different um, compared to not only the previous trilogy, but also the two prequels, that we've seen before in Phantom Menace and um, Attack of the Clones. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I always complain about the political aspects of these films. There's much more, there's much less of that. I think there's much more kind of showing with action and showing with what the character does physically than standing in a room and talking to people. But also, I mean, there's probably political elements. I mean, Palpatine's speech um, after he's all disfigured and he's telling the Republic that the Jedi have turned. I think that was a brilliant part of the film. I think it's well shot. Um, I think it's one of my favourite uh, parts of the film. Um, and that's a great scene. And that's kind of, it works compared to the previous two films where the scene felt a bit of a drag and you didn't feel like anything was happening. This, the scene in this film where Palpatine's revealing, or well, saying that the Jedi have turned and obviously we know that's all to be false, but the characters in the film don't. And I think that was brilliant because it had 
stakes that there was action taken in that because it was off something that the characters did early on in the film as in the prequels you know phantom menace is probably the biggest defender of this they said things but then it didn't really lead to much difference i felt except for jar jar binks obviously um I believe in this film, actually, or no, in the last film, giving full powers to um, Palpatine himself. That was one of the moments that worked for me politically in the other two films. But otherwise than that, not many things happened in the political films that, that kind of changed the entire outlook on the film and changed the galaxy, yeah. whereas this was much bigger. But I think this film... Had yeah, one thing... Gone. Uh, one thing I wanted to say that I did particularly like about the prequels which i did only discover like a day or so ago i was just thinking about it and i was i was thinking over like uh the jedi are always saying oh we're protectors of the peace and you know they're like a they're like a religion yeah. they're like a re- they're like a deep old religion and i was just thinking if they're a religion then why the hell are they generals of the Republic Army? Why are they leading soldiers into battle? There you go. If they're like... There's, it's that grey area again. And I think... Are they, are they warriors? Or, and this is, this is the thing. They've become like so politically corrupt and so, like, and so deeply involved with... Um, uh, the uh, the Senate and the Galactic Republic that they allow themselves to go completely against all of their like all of their religious um, aspects. Yeah, uh, all really? of their religious aspects, and they've literally become like commanders of armies. Like, doesn't that? It's wrong, isn't it? It's completely against the religion. But yeah, but they say it in, it's completely um, against their religion. Yeah, they say it in. I, I believe there's a line Clone Wars, and they could also be in. I, I think it was Clone Wars, and it might even be the new season. I don't even remember. But somebody says, "I thought you were keepers of the peace, not warmongers, or something like that." And I thought that's brilliant. That is true. They have become uh, warmongers, and it's become a war, whereas before it was. Let's protect our people. Let's protect the world. But now it's how many can we get onto one ship and let's see how many droids we can blow up. It's become kind of a game of chess. And and also with the Jedi, um, in the Old Republic, uh, the Jedi, I'm pretty... I'm not 100% sure on this because I don't know a ton about the Old Republic, but I'm pretty sure it's like... The Jedi controlled the um, the majority of the Galactic Republic and the Senate because uh, there was also the Sith Empire. Mm. Um, so that would be like a kind of religious war between two two whole between the two whole religions of the Sith and the Jedi. Mm. Um, so that would be understandable uh, that they're having like a religious war, but this. Um, it doesn't make sense because they're like, this shouldn't be their fight in the in the normal Clone Wars mm. and all that. Yeah. Well, I that's what I don't know if Lucas did this on purpose, which I do. I do. I think I, I'll give credit to him on this that they kind of become the generals and members of a grand army 
rather than religious warriors. I think uh, yeah. I think that was on purpose. I hope it was on purpose, otherwise what's gone on there. But I mean, before in, in the War of the Old Republic, it was more of a test of skill between and you know, the test of the force. It was all about this kind of one element in the in the galaxy and it was a war between that in a way, but it wasn't a war in technology. I think we see much more in, in the prequels and in uh, the Clone Wars that there's people they're out in tanks, you have clothes in tanks with guns. I mean you wouldn't let you wouldn't see that back in the old Republic. It would have been, you know, a lightsaber or a force element. It wouldn't have been uh, they did have um in the in the old Republic they did uh, the um the Jedi did have like uh troopers. Mm. They didn't have I don't think I'm not sure if they had clone troopers. I just know that they had troopers with them. They had like Republic troopers. Um and the um the Sith Empire also had uh, Sith troopers. I'm not sure if they were like um, force. Uh, what do you call it? Force sensitive or not the Sith? The Sith troopers, but it wasn't just Jedi and Sith. The majority was like Jedi and Sith because it was their like little battle. But you know, yeah. I, well, there's that, and of course. There's always going to be a little army because you can't have the big battles just between the big, you know, characters and the big people in the galaxy. But this, this battle, and, it's literally called the and Clone also, Wars. There's nothing to do with kind of Jedi in that. It's Clone Wars. There's no. Yeah, it's clones. Yeah, there's no war between the Force. It's Clone Wars, and I think that's where the problem's going to be. What were you about to say? And also building, building off this, I find it. It's it kind of struck me that the old republic and the Sith Empire only happened like a thousand years before this, and yet like people like Han Solo, Han Solo's like the hokey pokey religion, and it's well, yeah. and it's just like there there were battles yeah. like only a millennia ago that which consisted of like. T- t- <laughs> Force wielding warriors who would have gigantic space battles over just the one concept of who shall rule the galaxy, the Sith or the Jedi. And it just pisses me off so much. Well, it's, like, it's once again, it kind of shows the power of. I, I believe that was also probably on purpose, or it was either on purpose, or just George Lucas hadn't realized his full uh, vision at the point of, you know, A New Hope and all of that. I think it was probably on purpose that Palpatine would get rid of any kind of um, aspect of the Force. You know, he doesn't even advocate for the Sith when he's in charge and when the Empire are around. There's no mention of the Force. Yeah, but like Han Solo... Han Solo would have had to be born in like further than the Outer Rim or he would have had to have been blind and deaf until he was about 10, to not know about the Jedi at all. Well, yeah, that... And not know about the religion. Yeah. I mean, maybe... But then again, you brought up the fact that um, the Jedi had become more of uh, an army than a religion of force wielders. And I think maybe at that point... And I don't think Han Solo was in you know, the main territories where you would hear about the Old Republic. I think he was probably on the outer rim where... There's another war happening, and there's people running around with laser swords, 
you don't probably hear about the full lot of oh, that, yeah, I guess probably. so. But, but then, you know, we're advocating for George Lucas here where you could just kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and if we're using kind of in-universe rules besides real-life logic and looking into a film and we're acting like we were in that universe during a war, then we would probably go, well, Ron Solo was probably on the outer rim and he would have seen them as uh, just sword-wielding maniacs cutting people's limbs off instead of uh, warriors fighting for a religion that they truly believe in. Um, but to go <laughs> to go back onto this um, film, that, that great... Yes, yes, I was just thinking about that. We gone, we gone no, a bit no, of track all, talking about sense. the Old Republic and the, the army. And, it, and it was all, all that, it yeah. was all prominent though, because it was all about that grey area between good and evil. Um, yeah, yeah. I do enjoy that grey area. I think it helps this film a lot. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about that comes to real life logic and the work of artists and uh, composers, the score of this film is um, just beautiful. I think it's it's intense. It has its beautiful moments. Um, there's a track, I believe it's called Anakin's Betrayal. I've seen you playing it on your phone. You sent me a screenshot of you playing. And it's, yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful track. Um, and I think it really enhances what's going on. And it feels royal in many aspects, but it also feels heartbreaking at them. What do you yeah. think of the score? And I, uh, I think my favourite is Anakin's Betrayal. My second favourite is definitely... Um, Grievous's theme mm. tune. I think the actual song name is Grievous Speaks to Lord oh, Sidious. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if that is the actual song name. I just know th- uh, that that's my second favorite. You know the one where he first appears. It goes. That's great. So many great tracks. I can't remember them all, but they just mash all together, and they all, in a way, just. They feel similar but completely different, if that makes sense. I know it doesn't make sense with words, but if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, they kind of all merge together, but they are different for different characters and all of that. I feel like I feel like most of the scores that involved in the prequel trilogy that inv- uh, that was playing while we saw like the droids or the clones um amassing, um it felt like very much more like much more imperial mm. than uh it did than the empire song did and i i just really loved that like the marching beat they had there's many scenes that i like always walking over hills and valleys and it seemed like that music would fit perfectly and i think that that type of music fit perfectly with kind of those big open spaced wars that were going on, but the but the um the score. I mean, if you hate the prequels or whether you love them, you can't say the score isn't good. I mean, Anakin's Rebel, uh, Duel of the Fates was used in the previous year, and I'm sure it probably returns at some point here. Um, it this brilliant score. John Williams does a fantastic job. I think he did a great job on these films though, because they were kind of different to the original trilogy. And the original trilogy. Of course, you had the Imperial March and da 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 da. But you also had, I feel like that the themes were much more uplifting in the original trilogy, and it wasn't constant war and anguish um, compared to the prequels. I mean, the Imperial March is probably one of the only um, songs that feel downtrodden and sad and all that. 
compared to the rest of the tracks. I think mostly the Imperial March wasn't just used for Vader. I think it was any time the Empire won screen and then there. So that was kind of the only true evil theme. Whereas in the prequels, there's a lot more of it. And I think it represents the film uh, a lot as well. Uh, you mentioned Grievous. It's, I believe it's his first appearance. No, yeah. he didn't. No, he, this is his first appearance, actually, yeah. because he's in a, um, a he was short in, um, cartoon, wasn't it? The he was in... Film. Yeah, he was in the 2000... I think it... it lasted, the original Clone Wars animation Clone lasted Wars, from 2000... Lasted, yeah, or... I think it was called, I don't think it was called... The, what was it? I think it, cause it was different slightly to, obviously, the Clone Wars we know. It, but I think it's just... I thought it was no. It's not. No, it's definitely not the but Clone Wars the that name, uh, that starts in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, it came out in two thousand and three. It's called the Clo- I think it's called the Clone Wars: The Animated Series. Something. Clone Wars it lasted from two thousand three to two thousand five, and the epis and the last episode that aired in two thousand five was like, I think, one or two or maybe three months. Before the release date of um, Revenge of the Sith, and it and the last episode was uh, Chancellor Palpatine being captured by General Grievous. So that was like that was perfect yeah, yeah. for anyone who was watching for anyone who was watching the Clone Wars animated yeah, series I, as I well. On, that would have just merged. I never it because I was alive. But uh, <laughs> no, me neither. Um, I had a little TV in the womb. Uh, I just had I caught it afterwards, and I catch it early on in my childhood. I I caught it like I would have probably watched the Clone Wars that we know and love first, definitely. And I think I saw a couple of clips from this original Clone Wars, and I probably went in and watched a couple of episodes. I definitely haven't watched the whole series of the original Clone Wars, but it was a, it was just a com- combination of kind of shorts. They weren't full on kind of episodes and stories. They were kind of this big action scenes yeah. that went on for five minutes, and then they kind of put it into a DVD set and put it out as like one big DVD compilation. So it wasn't really a story; it was one action scene. But I do remember they made oh. um they made little uh they made little cartoon comic did books. They? I never got to see them either. No, yeah, they did. Movie. I've got. I've got one or two that I've got one or two in my bookcase that I bought when okay. I was eight. Um, oh yes, so there's not a story to that original Clone Wars, but there's aspects. I believe um, we get to see Anakin go from Padawan, um, and he cuts off his braid and all that. I think that's a scene in that show. Um, yeah, yeah. Going into the second series or something, and then there's Ventress is also in the show. So that was kind of her first appearance. Um, and Grievous was a big part. And I remember there's a scene where they kind of just put him into a bit of scrap. They use the force and they kind of just break him in half almost. They kind of scratch him up. And now many people have asked, oh, why, why can't they just crush him, the force? And I forget, I believe they did do that in this show. And the reason they can't do it anymore is because it was too aggressive. Because he does, he literally gets crushed. In in the animation, I thought it was brilliant. Um, so that's why you'll never see him get. Yeah, they 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 could probably argue that it's not the Jedi I believe that's way. What they did. I believe they said we're not going to do that again. Um, but also that's because we aren't going to kill him before we get 
to the film. Um, but yeah, they do that to him. And this, this clone will show, while there's no story, and uh, I do like a nice good story, but there's, there's so much action, and it's probably one of the most mental cartoons you'll ever see. I remember, I think there's a point, I don't even remember, I think it's Mace Windu is in, in front, I think it's just him, he's in front of a crowd of, um, what are they, the droids, and he's cut them up, and it's such a far second, but they're like, basically almost 100,000 droids, if I remember correctly, and he just cuts them up in about five seconds on screen. I mean, this show was mental, but it was really entertaining, and Grievous is in it, and obviously, um, you've alluded to the final, I think it's one of the final episodes. I don't think, I don't think he has four arms in the show, though. Um, I don't remember, I can get, a, I can get an image up, just to see. Um, I'm pretty sure, sh- he, no, but I think he, throughout the whole show, he never, um, turns his two arms into four arms. Uh, he only ever has the two arms. See, see. you can cover for me by talking about it because i remember in one scene i in one scene i saw of it um when he's fighting kia dimundi and a couple other jedi um and he's fighting with two lightsabers um but then he picks another lightsaber up with his foot instead of using another arm and he uses that to fight them instead and he only goes on one foot well from what it looks like here from what i've searched Oh, it, this, this does show like, four arms, but I don't think he uses it ever to wield multiple lightsabers. No, he's just wielding two. Unless oh. that's just an animation to say that it's cool. Oh, no, he's really, oh yeah, he, I see the image what you're talking about with his foot. There's one of him holding it with his foot. Um, you can search that up yourself, because this is an audio platform. Um, so yeah, I don't think he does use it to do all that cool, flippy, handy bollocks. Um, but he's he's pretty fun in the show. But he always, I believe, he, he always gets defeated until he kidnaps um, kidnaps Grievous. Oh, not Grievous, kidnaps himself. Apparently, he kidnaps um, Palpatine. So that's good. Um, what else is really good in this film before we start going on and tearing it apart for certain aspects? Um, what do you like? Because um... we've talked about some of the good stuff. Is Grievous a good point of the show? He's alright. I'm not showing in the film with you a good point. He's alright. He's not on screen long enough. I loved him. I loved he's him in the film. Like, it's classic Grievous, but he's never really... He, he's in the first opening scene, and then I think the next scene where we prophesy him, that's not really like a hologram or anything, he gets killed. Like that. General Grievous. General Grievous is a sexy well, man. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why they didn't use more of him. They should have put him in the clone, in the Attack of the Clones, and then put him in Revenge of the Sith. But he wasn't created yet. Oh, he's such but a he good character. I really, I, I really want, I really want them to make a standalone Grievous really? film, or even I TV don't show. Could hold it up. Yeah. Though. Unless they made him like awesome. No, we need to hear about his backstory. Yeah, we need to hear about his backstory. I mean, thing. I know basic. I know about. Yeah. I know about his backstory, but like, I'd love them to put it into a film or a TV well, show or I, I something. Think they could probably do it, and I think they should have probably done a bit of it in this film. 
or maybe even just allude to it with one line. Um, but they didn't. And I don't know if you could make a whole film about him unless you make him really sympathetic. Because I don't, I don't even think Grievous, when he wasn't all mechanical, he wasn't the nicest person in the world. It wasn't like he was a really nice guy and then got blown up and then he turned evil. I think he was a bit, a, a bit of a knob. If I'm, uh, you know, you can correct me on that. Am I right with that? Was Grievous a bit of an knob? Even before he was mechanical? Kind of. He wasn't as bad before, I don't think. He still hunted oh, and killed either. Jedi, though. Um, so, yeah, Grievous, uh, hashtag Grievous, you stupid little knob. Um, he's a pretty short man, isn't he, Grievous? I believe he's only <laughs> probably my height, five foot something. He's pretty what? short. What are you. No, he is. He's like he's seven, seven foot, foot four. four. He looks cool. No, he he is. Oh my god. Uh, no. Uh, Anakin. Anakin says to him, General Grievous, I expected you to be taller, and he's like, he's like towering over him. He's, I'm um, no. He's, he's like eight back. foot or he's something. Like back and not your arm. I mean, he's like all the time. Yeah, and well, he's still tall well, despite he's that. Standing up, you know, straight and good posture. Then I respect him, but I do not respect Grievous if he does not have good posture. Kids, if you want to be respected by me, Tyler Brown, do not hunch. Have your back up straight. Breathe in and out clearly through your diaphragm. You know what? Yeah, I agree definitely. with that. I win everybody I over after a while, even if I get my Star Wars facts wrong, which most of the time I do. And that's why I do a Star Wars podcast. Um, let's talk about Anakin Skywalker, the big man. Big man Annie. He's, uh, doing, he's doing stuff in this film, isn't he, Louis? He's doing yeah. stuff. He's much, he's much better. He's much better than he was in Clone Wars. He's redeemed. He's redeemed himself in my eyes to yeah, a certain extent. I think extent. he kind of represents um, Clone Wars animated show definitely more in this film than before. I just see this film's like an adult, and I think he's got the scar on his eye, which is never really explained. But um, that kind of makes him feel. Like like a proper Jedi, even though they don't give him Jedi master. That's um that's from a uh, deal with Ventress. Well, I think didn't they say that might be it? But then I heard George Lucas say um got it while having a bath. He said, "So what do I believe? What do I believe, Louis? George Lucas is wrong." No, um, I read. <laughs> I read. Uh, I, remember like, I remember when I was like eleven years old. I was in the library. I was in a library, and I was reading the um, the Clone Wars visual dictionary, and it said it got he got it from a Jewish yeah, adventure. Is that true, or is the bar story true? Tell me, because I want. I would like to believe that it was Ventress, I would, I would but like I cannot deny not. that the bar story was told by George tell. Lucas. Um, but the buff sounds more interesting. Um, I think, yeah, Anakin is much better in this film. What's your, what is your favourite kind of dark side Anakin moment in this film? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I really... I don't know. Oh no, maybe when he killed no, when he kills the separatist leader. Well that's a good moment, but what about when he kills Duke at the beginning? That is fantastic. I think that that's one of my favourites. Then uh, that's like I'm 
as an early dark side he's not full on you know Darth Vader he hasn't found Darth Vader yet but when he puts those two lightsabers together and he just bow and they make that horrible sound I mean it's just epic Tyler epic yes Tyler Oh, I didn't. What do you mean you didn't hear? I didn't you, hear you. You, banker. you. No, you. When no, you like, cut oh, so off. Continue this on. Well, a few like seconds a few ago. Seconds what ago. was my last word? Oh, epic. <laughs> oh, epic. How do I carry on from the word epic? Um. Uh, <laughs> um. Epic. Fuck's sake. Okay. Uh, epic like your nan. Was that good? Did I go with that? Haha. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with epic. God, are you... Pretty yeah, epic. let's go with, let's go with that. I mean, I've never met your yeah. nan. She epic. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, my nan is epic. My nan is nan, definitely epic. She is epic. Um, but yeah, that's a great moment. I think, is it in my top ten moments of the film? I'd have to say yes to that question. Um, it's a defining yeah, moment for him. Classic Palpatine. Do it. That's a classic prequel moment. And it's Do been it. memed to hell, uh, just like Palpatine. Um, Memes. Yeah, I don't forget, I didn't think... <laughs> meme to hell on a Star Wars podcast but it was inevitable um, so it's top moment of the film and it's part of that big art action scene that we all love um, another top moment go on go on this go on. was um, I think Reven- I think Revenge of the Sith is probably in McDermott's time to shine with the memes except for the scene in episode one way when he said oh no episode two when he says a surprise to be True. sure, but a welcome one. Lots of memes. I mean, yeah, this is like yeah. full-on meme uh, Palpatine, and probably full-on meme Star Wars now. And this, uh, I know there's a lot of episode two memes, but I think this is probably the most meme Star Wars film of all time. I think so. Oh, and uh, and Tyler, I'm so very sorry. I don't... There's no, like, extra um, lang- alien languages that I could do this week, because they, they didn't have... They didn't have any alien well, languages in then. this film. Okay, let's let's do that segment now. Let's just get into it. No, no. no. I could do. Oh no! Well, they spoke Wookie. They spoke Wookie. Do the jingle. I don't care. You got to. I can't do. I can't do a Wookie. I can't do a Wookie. So you're doing it. Are you ready, people? Okay, let's do the jingle. He's talking shit. Talking shit. Talking shit. Leobert's doing his alien languages. <laughs> <laughs> go, on. go. On. Okay. The waiting your face for. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna mess it up, and you're just gonna be like, "Hi, hey, you, stu- you stupid bitch. You can't speak Wookiee." Ha. Um. This is a podcast. You better do it quickly. You're doing. Come on. Okay, okay. 
Next week I can do Greedo or Jabba the Hutt or Jawa. They've got the main alien languages oh, in the be, original trilogy. It's going to be a golden era of Louis's shit impression segments. Um, <laughs> well, back film review, film review, film review. Um, Venture the Sith, isn't it a good film, Louis? Yes, did you love it, I loved it. Did you love it even more on this second well, your 50th viewing of it. Yes. Um, my 50th viewing. Yes. I quite, I quite, I quite enjoyed it. Um, the defining moment of this film, I think, is probably the no, duel between so Obi-Wan we'll and Anakin. We might as well get onto it now. Um, and I'm going to let you start. What, what, was yeah. just, what was so defining about it? And I would know the answer, but let's enlighten the people at home. Well, Anakin and Obi Wan are like the um, like the they're like brothers. They're good when they're together. So... They're even better when they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're like brothers, and the fact that they have to fight is just such a it's such a defining yeah. element of this film that there's so that like so much trust has been lost in. Um, one another throughout, like everyone in this film, and there's so much hatred and for people for people in the film who loved each other before. Mm. Yes, I mean there is a lot of hatred, and I, I, I think. Can you pick up well, from I'm that? Pick up the ball, and I'm going to run with it. But if I trip, um, I'm going to blame you. Um, so I'm picking up the ball now, and I'm going to run. I, I absolutely agree. I think. There is a lot of hatred, and I think Aiden Christensen's performance reaches its pinnacle of, like, of course he has some weird moments where um, he goes, oh, I'm taking over the galaxy, uh, you know, I'm a goth and all that. Like, you turned out on me. But then when he's on the floor burning, you know, and he's trying to crawl his way up that lovely bit of high ground, and he starts going, oh, I hate you and that. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. It's great performance. The eyes are full of hatred. And I think the, the flames behind him add on to the kind of the, the effect of pain, hatred, sadness. I think, I, I don't know if I want to say this because we'll see how we get on in the other films, but this might be one of my favourite lightsaber duels in any Star Wars product. Would I for saying that? 
You're not wrong, and I'll tell oh, you yeah. why. Um, so I've actually seen the behind the scenes about this fight. Um, Jim McGregor and Hayden Christensen trained for six months to do this duel, and it there's no like there's no like standing to do the duel f- for them. It's both of these actors just going at it like ev- every single day for six months training the fight the footwork the lights the how the lightsabers work over and over and over and over again until they get it perfect and they film it and you know they're very it's fast movement it's fast paced it just shows how much concentration that they put into this this like singular 20 minutes of action and well yeah and i think it's it definitely has earned its place as in the top 10, if not top Ooh. five, if not top three, Ooh. if not top two, lightsaber fight, if not top two, lightsaber fights in this, um, well, I, I in all of Star Wars. I don't know if it's my favourite. I know it's definitely probably top three. I think there's a lightsaber duel later on in this Skywalker trilogy that I... Did I say trilogy? Skywalker trilogy? It was only from uh, Skywalker Saga that I really enjoy and it's a part of the original trilogy and we're going to get onto it later on i don't know it's not in episode four but is it in episode five or, or six find out in a couple of weeks on the master principal cast but yeah i think of course i don't think i don't think that this i think that this is just like i'm just saying i think due to uh, Hayden Christensen's acting it was like like I'm just putting it out here Hayden Christensen's acting had massively improved in this film compared to Definitely. Attack of the Clones and as and like I'll give credit where credit was due but you know he was still lacking a little bit and I think due to due to this there wasn't like as much emotion in this fight as there may have Whoa. been in other no films way. with other lightsaber fights. That's going to upset fights. a lot of sequel fans. That's going to upset a lot <laughs> so, of Hayden Christensen lovers, no, including so, me. No, so... Explain yourself. So I can admit that, may, that that is probably the main reason why this would not be oh. the best lightsaber fight in the entire saga. In the entire saga. But I commend it for the amount of effort that was put into it, the amount of action that was put into it, and the fact that I they didn't what, bore us. You know, if you're listening at home, I'm very upset with Louis right now because he's always... Uh, Hayden has tried his goddamn best in this film. Tyler, this is a podcast. I'm allowed to say what I want. I'm giving my opinion. You're just attacking me. You're attacking me. I'm I'm calling you out. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think, you know, maybe is Aidan Christensen an Oscar-winning actor? No. But did I think he was pretty good in this? Yes. I wouldn't say he let it down in any way, actually. I don't think. No, you said he let it down. That's what I said. That's what I said. I did not. No, I did not say. I did not say that. I said. I said he greatly improved on his acting said, in Attack of the Clones, however, and no. 
Yes, I didn't said. say he let it down. <laughs> I did not say he let it down. I said because of his... Okay, okay, let me rephrase it. Okay, okay, okay. Because of oh. his lack of experience in... No! Because he hadn't acted in quite... In... <laughs> because he hadn't acted in barely any other films. Like... His lack of experience maybe would have affected the emotion oh. that he put into it into See, this film. He did okay? the scene when it came to the emotional aspects. I'm not Sorry. to a certain extent. To uh, a certain extent, I, this is what upsets me is because you know people listen to this podcast. They only heard you slagging them off last week, so they don't know how much you slag poor Aiden Christensen off. I people every time. Me and Louis have a chat about the prequels. It ends up on how Louis hates Aiden Christensen with a passion. You, you, okay. I you do not hate him strongly. Him. Would that be better? Oh, I'm joking. I absolutely hate him. I want to bury Louis, his celebrity career six feet under and piss on his grave. Last film, basically, and then he wanted to do some other things that nobody cared for. But you shouldn't hate him. Okay, he's been for enough. Okay. I didn't hear you hate on Jar Jar Binks. Hmm? No. That, well, that just shows... I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. He's, a, he's still a bastard, and I don't like him, but I don't mind oh him as much God. as Anakin, this at least good. in Attack of this the Clones. Hayden Christensen has, has in, insanely better acting than Jar Jar Binks in ah. Revenge of the Sith. You're always hating on Hayden Christensen. I swear, when we get to episode six, when we get to episode six, and he pops okay. up as that force ghost, you are going to hate him. You're going to say, that's my not perfect. You're going to say, put the on <laughs> I am. That, oh, I am. Doing. I right, am. Let's get rid of continuity. Let's get that, that old past who originally played him to go in. Okay? Because that's what you bushy ass eyebrows. Okay? You're going to hate on Hayden Christensen again. What is your problem with Hayden Christensen? Explain it here on the podcast, because I don't understand it. Go fuck yourself. He ruined, he of the, ruined the entire film. The entire film. Not the, in- not the entire <gasps> film. That most is just, of it. That's, whoa. Is his performance great? No. But is that down to bad writing? I think so. And now people are going to say, oh, Tyler, you're hating distance. All right, he's a good-looking man, but that's not why I'm sticking up for him. I'm just saying, listen, I think you have to take in the aspects of is the directing good, which I don't think it was, and I believe I told the story last week on how him and George Lucas did not get along at all on the set of Avengers. Should I bring that up? Maybe not. Maybe I should. They didn't get along. I didn't didn't know that. George, we know, is a terrible director. You know, at me on the, in the comments of whatever show fucking shit you're fighting in. I don't care. George Lucas cannot direct a film and he can create a great story and a great universe, but he okay. cannot direct actors. So maybe we take that in. Maybe we take the script in. Who's the script writing like? George, okay, I shall, I shall make, I shall make a vow. I shall make a vow on this podcast right here okay. and right now. All right? I will not hate 
on hating Christensen ever again. Obviously, I will be completely professional about this. Up his lovely little smile okay. and his beautiful pearly teeth. In within, I'm about to say within the safe. I mean, Return of the Jedi. We'll see how you act, because I bet you'll say his posture's wrong. Hating Christensen ruined Return of the Jedi. I don't know why I make you sound like that's the sloth guy of um, Goonies, but there you go. Um. <laughs> um. So yeah, this <laughs> film. Okay, let's let's go back to the duel because not only does that duel happen, the duel between Yoda and uh, Sidious happens, and I think it's a pretty cool duel. And obviously, McDermott, Mr. Ian McDermott, can probably not you know move with as much fluency as maybe a a young actor like Hayden Christensen, but I think he holds his own against a flying CGI man with a green lightsaber. Would you agree? And what do you think of the, the uh, um, duel between Sidious and Yoda? I quite enjoyed the duel between Sidious and Yoda. As I said, the funniest part of the film is when Yoda pushes him back with the force into the chair. I got a, oh, well, got a kick I out mean, of that. Sidious basically kicked his feet into the air, so he also got kicked. Am I right? Yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say before we go on to Yoda versus uh, Darth Sidious. Uh, the okay, Mace yeah. Windu versus Darth Sidious. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> What I was, what I could see in front of me while I was watching uh, this, oh, it looked you... like two old men <laughs> fighting with sticks. <laughs> it did, um, it did. I mean, it was. Oh my men. god! Samuel Jackson's what? How old is he now? About seventy something. So how old was he back in two thousand something? He's late sixties. Late sixties. He's pretty old in that year, and obviously, um, Ian was pretty old and yes it was 12 men going at it with sticks yeah but what's wrong with two old men getting their sticks out and putting them together and it felt it felt <laughs> oh my god and it felt so it felt so wrong when they when they looked like older men who were just fighting with sticks and then he did like a flip and he did a well, flip off that well. little thing in the in his room <laughs> Well, let's not forget yeah. the meme line. It's treason, then. That I mean, that's how it all started. You're going to give us a rendition? I love that. You want to say the line. I love that. Oh, okay. No, we need well, to. We need to do the full scene. We need, to, we need to do the full scene. Do you remember? Oh God. Okay. I'll do, it. I'll do it. I'll so, do it. So. Lou, um, an unexperienced actor, act out a full scene. Okay. Mace Windu, Sati Tin, Kit Fisto, and another Jedi, I forgot the name of, well. into, the, into, the, into the room. <laughs> and, into Darth Sidious's um, room. Back off. Master Windu. Back off. I take it General Grievous is destroyed. Albeit I didn't oh, expect to see you here so quickly. Oh my god! Chancellor no. Palpatine, in the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you are under oh, arrest. God. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? <laughs> the Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. 
it's treason, then. And then he flips into the air and does a, and does a thing called a Sith Screech, which is why he killed two Jedi ma- three Jedi Masters so easily. It's, a, it's an ancient Sith power that they can use to disorientate <laughs> Jedi enemies. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, oh, let me breathe for a second here. I apologize. <laughs> so, is it, I, I, I'll be fine. Do you need a glass of water? Um, it's, a, it's a good scene. <laughs> I mean, yes, the choreography is not great, but it's memeable. It's two old men uh, having fun with sticks and what more. You know, if you saw your grandpa get his stick out, would you not enjoy that? Is that what you're telling me? Are you I'm going to... Your granddad ripped his stick in front of you. You would not enjoy it. <laughs> okay, well, Tyler, I'm turn it down a bit. sticks and old men, and I don't see the problem with talking about men's sticks. <laughs> Um, so these two, yeah, the two old men, as you like to call them, which are disrespectful to the careers they've had, I find. They're two fantastic actors, not two old men, Louis. Okay? Be respectful of the Samuel Jackazon and Ian McDermott of our generations. Right? You're glad you got to see Samuel Jackson whip his stick out in front of another man and turn it around for a few minutes and watch them connect in a beautiful moment of connection and even hatred um but the scene is not remembered for its fantastic choreography it's more remembered for its um moment where uh, obviously um Sidious proclaims Anakin now to be Darth Vader and I think I really like it and I really like how he says Vader he goes Darth Vader he kind of adds a bit more into it I love it um I think it's a good scene I think Hayden Christensen and I'm going to hate on him because people are going to say, oh, you, you haven't hated my hate since enough. And I'm going to hate on him in this scene because every time I see him in this scene, he just, when he's on his knees going, or, you know, okay, master, I just think this is rubbish, isn't he? He doesn't really perform to his best in that kind of, okay, master. He kind of just looks a bit out of breath. He looks sweaty. He looks tired. He doesn't look like he's just killed a friend. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. Well, yeah. I mean, Mace Windu wasn't really his friend. He was more like a uh, an adult who he disliked. <laughs> yeah, whenever I see Anakin Skywalker um, in this in the prequel trilogy, see, he always uh, it always seems to me like he's such a child among all the Jedi Masters. They're like, you can't do that, and you can't do that, and he's like. But I want to. I'm one to master. And they're like, no, you I didn't can't. Know Anakin was British. Like, so British. It's like posh British man with a monocle. Uh, you know, basically the Monopoly <laughs> man going, Master, I've just moved seven squares down. I am now in jail. Oh, why is he British? Why is he eating tea and crumpets for lunch? Why is he not, you know, hanging out with the bird? Well, you know, Darth Vader, Darth Vader's Darth British. Vader. Darth Vader's British. He's got a British accent. What do you mean? Oh, the accent. He's got a British accent. Who was in the suit? 
Well, you should have said that. Saying, yeah, because it sounded to me when you said that it's like Anakin's not British, but Darth Vader is. <laughs> can put on his little suit. He pretends to be British for a day. <laughs> what do you mean? No, well, you he kind of does his, though. Um, James Earl Jones. Mm, no, because James Earl Jones. Yeah, is, you know that's proper American. Mr. James Earl Jones. Where are the plants to the Death Star and all that? That's a terrible impression of Darth Vader, but you know. I do my best. Um, but that's an interesting scene. Yeah, but in the no, in the original not. trilogy, Darth Vader's British, but oh, then in the prequel the trilogy, he's no, American. Just don't speak rubbish. I'm making a point, and you're just telling me to <laughs> shut the that, fuck up. You're telling me to point. shut that's up every three point. minutes when I'm making a point. Say the actor of Darth Vader. Say the actor of Darth Vader. A criticism. Darth Vader is not British. The actor who was in the suit, it's not even James Earl Jones, the actor in the suit was British, I forget his name. What's his name? The guy that was in there? Probably James. James. I, James. I don't know. The voice actor yeah, of Darth Vader and the guy who was in the but, suit are two different that, people. That's why so. look, oh, Louis, what is this logic? The actor in the suit is not, oh, is British. The character is not British, he's American, or whatever, wherever he's from, he's Tatooinean, and, and James Earl Jones is American. Tatooinean. So Tatooinean, it sounds like a joke. A Tatooinean and an American and a British man walk into a bar. They go into the toilet and they create Darth Vader. Isn't that a great joke? I'm going to add that to my stand-up special. Um, so that's, let's get that out of the way if we're using playing out logic. What were we... Wait a minute. Oh, God, this is absolute shambles. What were we even talking about? How did we get on to Barfay this British? This started so professional. Like, this was so professional at the beginning. And now it's just gone to absolute... We're just talking about rubbish. We're talking about British people and Americans. Um, I don't even know what to go back on to now. I think... I was talking... No, I was talking about how... Uh, you said um, that you were a bit shocked about how uh, Anakin just killed his friend, okay, uh, well, his mace window, and I said he's not really his friend. He's like a, he's like an adult who he doesn't like. And then we, amazing. yeah, go on. So basically, basically, yeah, oh, the British accent, yes. Because I made a because I because I talked because oh, yeah. I. Yeah, I took well, some British accent, which um, is my actual accent. In podcast so. history, when Louis put on an even more British accent than usual, that's what we, we should we put this in for an award? Should we should we just like tape this? Make sure this goes in for like a, a Sony award or something. You know, and we might get awarded for this podcast because we've been so professional. We could, I don't know. Did they do? Oscars? We might but, even get an Oscar. Whatever the podcast Oscars if are, we're lucky, we if we're lucky, and we'll win an award because we have talked about British accents. We've made stereotypical jokes about the British. I've made innuendo about old men and their sticks. I mean, this is a classic podcast. This is what the Milestone Apprentice is all about. It's barely Star Wars. It's uh, stupid humor and British people, and I think it's perfect. Um, but yes, he kills his friend. He doesn't care. Let's move on from that. I think we should go in. Joe Rogan, <laughs> my phone is always on. There could be a little African child that doesn't know Joe Rogan is. <laughs> Joe Rogan is an American podcaster. Uh, 
who runs a Joe Rogan podcast called Joe Rogan Experience, and his name's in the podcast. It's Joe Rogan running Joe Rogan's podcast. And Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan, and he runs a Joe Rogan podcast. Does that make sense to me? Um, oh, this is yes. shambles. Okay, before it gets any more shambolic than it has already been, let's talk about the film overall and then give it a rating. And I'm going to throw it to you, Louis Goldberg. Go. Sure. Um, I would. Really? I would give it an eight. And what is it? Um, what what is yeah. this eight? For? Strong, strong what, eight. What, uh, it's eight. Um, I think it's kind of like, uh, I, I, it's probably, it feels very strong because, you know, in in my eyes, um, Hayden Christensen improved his, improved on his, Hayden Christensen (laughs) improved on his acting. (laughs) I really, I really liked, um, I really, really like the character of um, oh, shit, General Grievous. Oh my god, someone mentioned um, Obi-Wan quickly. And I oh, really... Oh, Obi-Wan. Call Ewan McGregor. We mentioned him. Nobody we always what? mentioned him. Oh, one thing. Ewan McGregor, we will mention oh, him my god. every prequel video. This is, oh, every prequel podcast. We need to mention him now. In the final prequel film. Uh, uh, he's got a nice beard. I liked him. He? he was cool. Continue. Yeah, I like the I like the oh, little man. bit of banter that he and Anakin had when they were captured, and he said, and he said, and General Grievous said, um, <gasps> General Skywalker, I thought that someone of your reputation would be a little older, and then Anakin says, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. And he says, yeah, Jedi scum. And then, then everyone says, Anakin, um, try not to upset now him. Now I'm just thinking General Grievous is a I like that little bit of banter. Suit. I'm just thinking, at the end, he'll just jump out. <laughs> he's, he's a fully CGI character. Oh, no, I mean the character. I mean just General Grievous in general. is actually like, you said he's, he's like two foot five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he jumps out. Oh my god, no! You scum! And he jumps back in. (laughs) Oh, that'd be brilliant. They should have done that. Lucas, hire me for the right team. No. There's a little, there's a little, um, there's a little guy living in General Grievous's head. (laughs) Oh my god. Um. (laughs) That's the back door. Oh, I'm losing it. We've, we've just been unprofessional. Okay, let's. Um, I'll I'll give you why I think this is the strongest prequel film, and I'll probably I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to just give it an eight, and I think it's because Obi Wan hashtag. I mean, not hashtag slash <laughs> Obi Wan slash Ewan McGregor, brilliant. Hayden Christensen slash Anakin Skywalker, good performance. General Grievous, fun introduction to a new character. Um, or well second introduction whatever um count dooku was in this and he did nothing but get killed but when he was on screen he was all right uh the the banter as you mentioned between anakin and obi-wan i think was much more stronger than 
Attack of the Clones, uh, Palpatine slash Sidious slash uh, Ian McDermott slash Old Man Waving Stick was fantastic, memeable, um, a great performance, <laughs> over the top, but, you know, you can't hate on it. Um, the other old man, Mace Windu, was okay. Wasn't strong, but it was okay. Um, and then there's obviously the lights of a jewel, one of the best in the entire saga in Star Wars media in general, uh, between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and the one between Palpatine and Yoda, while not the greatest uh, lightsaber duel, was pretty cool to see two masters of their profession, of their of their religions, go at it in a really a really fun looking um, duel. So lots of action, some great story. Um, there's not necessarily just good and bad, but there's a mix and. Everyone is kind of in the wrong, but also in the right. And I think that's what, if you're going to make a political thriller in which kind of, I think George Lucas was going for at points of the prequels, this will be how you do it. Um, and overall, I think it stayed true to the kind of original feel of Star Wars. It felt much more like a proper Star Wars film than, let's say, uh, Attack of the Clones. So it got that kind of Star Wars feel to it. It's really fun to watch. It's it's pretty long, but it's not the longest film, but it's long enough. But I can watch it probably a thousand times because it's so enjoyable. And I'd give it an eight. And where does it rank on your saga ranking that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks? Well, well, we haven't reviewed Out all of, them, of uh, all of them without seeing the other ones. Where would it rank? Okay, so that's number one. And it's my favorite. Um, since we haven't introduced all, uh, the good ones, if I had to rank it out of uh, all the prequels, this would also be number one. And I'm thinking, obviously, next week is uh, a new hope, but I also think at some point we should do a podcast rounding up the prequels as a whole and the purpose of them. And we could probably do that later down the line after we do our little saga explore, explore, exploring kind of adventure through time and space um but for now this was the podcast do you have anything else to say before we start plugging things away and getting extra money for our buck hmm. um i think that this was a good end to a saga Albeit not well, a trilogy, an actually, overall it's good not saga. saga okay. Saga is like six films, isn't it? It's a trilogy. Yeah, Louis. Get your films right. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> That's a bit mean. But you have a good point. It's a good end to... A, it kind of wraps everything up, doesn't it? For its own... It's kind of like... um, How... As much as I don't want to mention it, it's kind of like Rise of Sky in that... Does it end a whole nine film extravaganza well no but is it an okay ending a serviceable ending to the sequel trilogy yes um so i think they work in that aspect and i think overall even though there's some mistakes when it came to kind of um how do i say this mistakes in canon whereas like some things don't make sense when you watch um, watch the original trilogy and watch this. Some things are different and some things have been retconned. 
um, I think overall they lead brilliantly into um, uh, A New Hope. And I don't think you need to watch uh, the a Star Wars story uh, films like Solo and Rogue One. I think I think it's much more of a comfortable ride to just watch the saga as a whole, especially the lead between this episode and episode four. I think it works well. Um, and overall, just a fun film. Um, let me do my... Oh, I, I didn't do my Easter egg segment. Let's do a quick Easter egg segment. I found one Easter egg in this film, and the Millennium Falcon shows up uh, for like milliseconds at the bottom of the screen. Uh, during, I forget what scene, but it's in the film. So that is my, there's Tyler's Easter eggs. Um, but that was podcast. So let's plug away. Do you have anything else to plug, Louis? You've got your Star Wars Lego stop motion. What else do you have going? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, oh, well, um, last week it was a, that is was well in production. Now it's well in production. So what's going on in this week? Um, yeah, it's well in production. Um, Oh, great. I've completely finished the set. I've just finished the storyboard, and I'm about to start filming, so that'll take... Oh, good. Oh, so it's coming out soon. A week? Sooner about? sooner rather than later. Well, we'll definitely plug yeah. that away when it finally gets released in its full glory. I think many of us are excited. Uh, what's your YouTube channel again? Can people subscribe yeah. to it right now? Yeah. So try and find that on YouTube. Uh, um, Mellow Out Man Productions. It, it, actually, give me the link to it and I'll link it in the bio. Yeah. Um, or link it into the podcast. And I also podcast. have to... I'll do that for you. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, also about that. Um, so I'll have to film and then I'll also have to add voice lines and find a... And I'll have to find a load of special effects to use. So... Um, there may be some delay. Years are hard working. But I'm going to work wearing, my very hardest. Uh, hairy uh, 15-year-old, aren't you, Louis? And you love old men and their sticks. <laughs> Just one last innuendo. Indeed Just I Just one last innuendo for the podcast. I have to plug Indeed away I do. my other podcast. I do a podcast with Tom Manning and Aiden Robinson called Eight Wheels and a Pair of Legs. It's a bit more comedic than this one. It just random rubbish from the mind of Tom Manning, and that comes out now on a Sunday rather than Tuesdays at three pm. Um, I'm also starting up a other podcast called, and I'm sorry to swear, but we've sworn enough anyway on this podcast. Talking shit with Tyler Brown. It's certainly not a shit podcaster, am I right, Louis? Um, Louis will be showing up on that soon enough. Indeed. Right? I, I, I thought you as a guest. You'll be on. So, Louis, if you like this podcast, you'll like the episode that yes. Louis is on. Uh, it's a yes, bit more of a serious yeah. podcast. It's a, bit, um, it's a mix I'm of comedy it. and serious topics. It's, if you like the Joe Rogan podcast, which we made reference to, you're going to like this one. Talking Shit with Tyler Brown, coming soon to anywhere you listen to your podcast. But thank you for listening to this podcast. And next week, we get into the glory days, um, the golden age of Star Wars the original trilogy, and it's going to be a good one. Goodbye.